my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Mark Moss Show, where we are talking about the intersection of politics, finance, and technology. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, the way that the world is changing as the pendulum swings from a centrally planned, controlled world back to a world of more freedom, giving you more liberty and more options, of course, being spearheaded by Bitcoin and the decentralized technology. And I'd like to cover a couple things. We, we cover some information some education so you can change the way that you see this the way that you navigate this i like to go through the latest breaking news and then i like to bring on some interesting people to talk to and we're doing all of that and right now we have some big news that's been happening all around the world breaking stuff i mean it has been busy i want to talk about that now you know with this inflation with food and energy spice uh, prices spiking um we got a serious problem on our hands. I saw just today, um, I think it was the largest uh, grain warehouse in the UK, uh, Ukraine just got hit. Now, the, now Russia and Ukraine are already uh, responsible for like 30% of the global wheat supply. And the largest storehouse just got hit and that got taken out. So that means even less supply. It's not good. And so we're going into a year where the UN is expecting uh, lots of people to die of hunger, which is just complete uh, catastrophe. 
in a world where we have so much technology and so much wealth and affluence, it's it's uh, crazy to think that that can still happen. But we have this uh, from the AP News. World Bank says they have a dim outlook for the global economy, which, uh, yeah, of course, anyone could have told you that. It says the World Bank has sharply downgraded its outlook for the global economy. The prospect of widespread food shortages and concerns about the potential return of stagflation. A toxic mix of high inflation and sluggish growth unseen for more than four decades. So the World Bank sees this. I've been talking about it. Everyone's been talking about it. If you haven't seen it, uh, I don't know where you've been watching, but you need to be paying attention to this. Stagflation, the return of stagflation, something we haven't seen in four decades since the 70s. Again, it's a toxic, a toxic mix of high inflation and no growth, sluggish growth. So um, so far, Q, Q1, quarter one of 2022, we posted negative growth, not just sluggish growth. Sluggish growth would be 1% or 2%. No, no, we saw negative 1.5%. That's not good. And at a time, we're seeing record high inflation. So not only is it, it's not sluggish growth, it's negative growth. So that's extreme. Not only just high inflation, it's the highest it's been in 40 years. It's extreme. So we have extremes of both ends, which is not good, which, of course, the prospect of widespread food shortages. That's what it leads to. Now, like I said, in today's day and age, I mean, this is just ridiculous that anybody should have this problem. We know how to create electricity. We know how to get oil. We know how to grow food. But for some reason, the world leaders can't stop meddling. And uh, it says here, for many countries, recession will be hard to avoid, which is, uh, which is pretty difficult. For the United States alone, it says the World Bank has slashed its growth forecast from 2.5% this year. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, slashed it to... 2.5% from 5.7% last year in 2021. So sluggish growth would be going from 5.7 to the 2.5 they project. But we didn't have 2.5. We had negative 1.4, negative 1.4. Um, so uh, quite the opposite. So uh, good job on your forecast. You're way off. It says that for the 19 European countries that share the euro currency, it downgraded the growth outlook to 2.5% as well uh, this year from 5.4% last year. So U.S. was 5.7%, the um, European Union is 5.4%, and so they're downgrading both of them to 25 In China, the world's second biggest economy after the United States, the World Bank expects growth to slow to 4.3% from 81 last year. <sighs> the governments can't cause things to grow. The, the World Bank can't get things to grow. The central banks can't get things to grow. Central planners can't get the economies to grow. The economies to grow when things become more efficient, when more goods and services are created. I was reading an article yesterday and it was talking about um, they were hoping that it would encourage more innovation. I was listening to some other economists talking and they were talking about how um, if you had something like Bitcoin that doesn't have inflation, so the, the monetary supply is not increasing, how um, then it would cause the, the purchasing power of that money, that money supply like Bitcoin, to increase. So if my – right now, if I hold dollars, they're losing value. And so I don't want to hold on to dollars very long. I want to spend it as fast as possible because they're losing value. They're going to buy me less tomorrow than they do today. So that uh, makes me want to spend them. If we have something like Bitcoin that goes up in value, buys me more in the future, then I don't want to spend them. And they said, but isn't that a problem, 
Um, don't, don't the leaders, don't the central planners need to encourage people to spend? I thought that's the most ridiculous thing in the world. People always want to spend. People always want to spend. People want to spend more than they make. People want to spend more than they make. They want to live on credit cards, right? We don't need to encourage anyone to spend. Why? Well, you need food. You need clothes. You need a car. You need a house. You want some entertainment. Uh, that And those shiny, flashy things, the new purses, the new electronics, the new phones, the new watches, you want to buy those things. We want new things. We like to play with things. You don't need any encouragement. And entrepreneurs also don't need any encouragement to run a business to make profit. That's the whole point. And how do we get profits? By being very efficient, by use, consuming less resources than we can produce, by working to gain efficiencies so I can make more profit. We don't need to encourage. What we need to do is take the boot off of their neck. And so back to this um, outlook for growth for the global economy, what we are seeing is more and more drag being put on the economy by debt and by regulations. So, for example, um, the energy industry has not been growing. Well, for the last decade and really the last four or five years, the leaders, the powers that be, uh, the Davos group, the EU group, even in the United States, even Biden coming into the White House was talking about putting energy providers um, out of business, making them go bankrupt. So when you put regulations in place and you tell them that your goal is to make them go bankrupt, then what happens? They don't invest into their business. They don't grow their business. And when that happens, guess what happens with GDP growth? It slows down. It goes negative. This is not rocket science here, right? This is, isn't rocket science how this works. So um, we, we think about inflation as far as price inflation, so the cost of goods and services going up. And per the Austrian lens of that, we would say that when we increase the money supply, then it increases the price of goods and services, which it does. But there's lots of other reasons why prices of goods and services can go up as well without increasing the money supply. So we have cost push. So when the the price of things go up, it pushes prices up, goes without saying. So when the government imposes a bunch of new regulations like ESG, for example, and now I have to hire a six-person consulting team to come into my business and charge me hundreds of thousands of dollars to give me an ESG score, and then I have to go spend all this money to meet all these ESG requirements, what does that do? That increases my costs, cost push, which then means I have to raise my prices which is inflationary. So without increasing the money supply at all, government regulations are inflationary. They cost prices to go up, but they also cause growth to come down because that money that I could be spending to go into research and development to come up with new products, better prices, um, pass those savings on to consumers, come up with new products, more efficient ways to make those products. Instead of having that money to spend that way, now I have to give it to the government. I have to use it to go for these regulations that are basically worthless. And so the World Bank is projecting uh, stagflation, uh, decline growth in the face of rising prices. It's a deadly combination. We haven't seen it since the 70s when we had fuel rations, when we had uh, wars, when we had things like that. And that's about where we're headed back to. Um, you listen to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, talking about the way that the world is changing from a centralized, centrally planned world to a decentralized world being led by Bitcoin and decentralized technology, looking at through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. Hopefully that makes sense to you. Um, let me know what you think. Are you following me on Twitter? Uh, hit me up at one Mark Moss at, it's just the number one 
Mark Moss. I'm on there way too often. I'd love to hear your questions and comments on there. Let me know you hear me on this show. And I got more to come back to talking about some big, big topics, human rights, illicit activity, um, some lawsuits against the Fed and more. Don't go away. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. All right, welcome back. You are listening to another episode of The Mark Moss Show, talking about the decentralized revolution, navigating you as the world changes. The pendulum swings from centralization to decentralization, led by Bitcoin and the decentralized revolution technology. Now, we're talking about uh, the way the world is changing, uh, forecasting things to slow down because of the onerous, uh, burdensome regulations that are being imposed on it. But don't worry. Bitcoin can fix that. Now, we say Bitcoin can fix that. Bitcoin can fix pretty much anything, um, which is uh, a way to say that if we can fix the money, we can fix the world. Um, I saw this article this week was uh, pretty amazing. Now, if you've been listening to this show since I first started, the very first guest I had on this show was a, a friend, Alex, um, Alex Gladstein. 
And I had him on the show because he is the head of the Human Rights Foundation. He's a human rights advocate. And I had him on the show because I said, look, I want to establish this show as something that's here to preserve human rights. I want to champion human flourishment. I want to champion freedom and liberty, those types of things. We're not here to get rich. This is not a get rich quick scheme or get rich quick show. It's about human rights. And so I saw this article this week. I thought it was great. And it's uh, human rights advocates tell Congress that Bitcoin is essential in countries with collapsing currencies. Now, collapsing currencies. Currencies have been collapsing from the beginning of time. If we look at the last 100 years, I believe out of the hundreds and hundreds, I think maybe 500 currencies in the last 100 years, out of all of those, only two are still around. Only two. That's the US dollar and the British pound sterling. They're the only two. Now, uh, the British pound sterling has lost like 99.8% of its value, and the dollar has done much better, and it's only lost, I think, 99.5% of its value. All the other currencies have died, and we're seeing it happen all the time. So we're seeing in you know Venezuela 2,500% inflation, which is insane. We're seeing Argentina, their currency has failed four times they, uh, in, in just the last uh, you know, couple decades. I think they, they haven't seen any of their 30-year bonds ever pay out. Uh, and we're seeing it in Lebanon. We're seeing it in Turkey. We're seeing it all over the world. These currencies are collapsing. And so what they're saying is human rights advocates tell Congress that Bitcoin is essential in these countries with collapsing currencies. Now, uh, as I said, the U.S. dollar and the British pound sterling are the only two that are left standing, but they're, they're collapsing too. They've collapsed 99.5%. As a matter of fact, the U.S. dollar collapsed 40% against homes in the last two years. The U.S. dollar collapsed 40% against used cars in the last two years. The U.S. dollar is collapsing. It's just not collapsing near as bad as Venezuela, Argentina, Lebanon, Turkey, etc. But it says here that um, a week after prominent technologists publicly slammed crypto for being too risky and unproven in a letter to Congress, now human rights advocates from around the world have sent a rebuttal to U.S. lawmakers defending digital assets for the access they provide to people in countries where, quote, local currencies are collapsing, broken, or cut off from the outside world. All right. Now, um, some 21 human rights supporters from 20 different countries said in the letter that they've relied on Bitcoin and stablecoins, which allow the trading in and out of crypto without having to go through a bank, as, quote, as have tens of millions of others living under authoritarian regimes or unstable economies. Now, a couple of things to unpack here. So first of all, a week after prominent technologist publicly slammed crypto. So we... Uh, like to be very clear about this. We like to say Bitcoin, not crypto. So um, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but if we look at Bitcoin specifically, we can see that these human rights advocates say that tens of millions are living under authoritarian regimes and unstable economies are using Bitcoin. So what what are they slamming it for, right? What, what are they slamming it for? Like, what, what's so wrong with it? What's so wrong with you being able to decide what you want to store your wealth in and how you want to transact. What's so wrong with that? Um, we're going to look at some of this here, but it says, uh, Bitcoin has seen increased utility in recent months as people from numerous different countries sent tens of millions of dollars to Ukraine via crypto payment rails. So you probably remember that, all this support for Ukraine when, when Russia invaded, and they raised tens of millions of dollars through cryptocurrency donations. How else could you have got that money there? Right with Bitcoin, 
instant, nearly instant and free. You can just send it right there. You don't need a bank. You don't need Western Union. You don't have any of that, especially in a war-torn country that's falling apart. You don't have the ability to get on a bus and go to a bank and get the cash out. Meanwhile, Ukrainians that were fleeing the country were able to take their money with them in the form of cryptocurrency stored on a USB drive. A similar narrative played out in Afghanistan in August when the Taliban took over the country and all the banks were closed down. So uh, these technologists that wrote Congress from their very privileged place sitting in the United States who have never dealt with a crashing economy, uh, or I should say currency, although the dollar is crashing, um, and have never had to run for their lives, have no idea, and they don't even bother to think what other people could be going through. Now, I've traveled around the world, and I've seen this firsthand. I haven't had to live it, thank God, but I have seen it firsthand. Now, in this Ukraine situation, Ukrainians flee in the country, able to take their money with them in the form of cryptocurrency. Now, I know people who fled Russia, and when they fled Russia, they were only allowed, uh, I forget, but I, I think it was like $100 or $200 per person. So like a family of four could bring like 400 bucks or 800 bucks. That was it. All the rest of their money had to stay in Russia. I had friends that have come from Afghanistan. I've had friends that came from South Africa. And when they came to America, they could not bring their money with them. They had to come broke. But with Bitcoin, they're able to take all their money with them. All right. Um, and it says here, and when in Afghanistan, when the Taliban took over the country and the banks were closed down, the banks were closed. How could people even get their money? Now, from these technologist standpoint, they're technologists who know nothing about economics or human rights, apparently, uh, or freedom. Um, they're saying that it's 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 a waste, but it's it, it's not valuable to them. But it's very valuable to the tens of millions of people that have been displaced in Ukraine. It says Bitcoin provides financial inclusion and empowerment because it's open and permissionless. We are not. Uh, they, they said we're not industry financiers or professional lobbyists. We're humanitarians and democracy advocates who use Bitcoin to assist people at risk when other options have failed, when other options have failed. Um, so this is great. You know, one thing is these technologists, they say is that uh, it's too risky. It's too risky. Um, we, 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 need to, we need to regulate it because it's, it's too risky. Well, too risky compared to what? Because if I'm, if I'm in Afghanistan, I'm guaranteed to lose all of my purchasing power in six months. Is it more risky than that? If I'm in Lebanon or if I'm in Turkey, I'm going to lose 70, 80% of my purchasing power. Is it more risky than that? I mean, a, a lot of the cryptocurrencies are down 60, 70% in U.S. dollar terms right now. They are. But they're, they're going to lose 60 or 70% in their own currency anyway. So what's their alternative? What's their risk? It's very easy from your ivory tower sitting in America going, oh, as a technologist, uh, you know, it's risky. But when you're facing certain death, when you're facing certain loss of all your wealth, you have to try something different. You can't get dollars. So what option do you have? In, in, in Afghanistan, after America pulled out, the Taliban overran the banks, took everyone's money. You couldn't send them money through Western Union. What options do they have? And Bitcoin is solving these humanitarian problems. And this is what is going to change the landscape of the world from these centrally controlled entities into this decentralized world. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about, of course, Bitcoin, the decentralized revolution. We are talking about uh, the way that the pendulum is swinging back and forth. Uh, we're discovering how it's solving human rights issues, and a lot of people just don't understand that. And they have some gripes, which we're going to come back and talk about in a minute. So do not go away. I'll be right back. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. 
They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution as the world changes, as the pendulum shifts from a world of centrally planned, centrally controlled systems and back to a place of more freedom and liberty in a decentralized world. Of course, talking about Bitcoin, talking about politics, finance, technology, and all of that. Now, I was talking about before the break how uh, Bitcoin is solving humanitarian crises happening all over the world and how a group of technologists got together and said that they shouldn't be using it because, quote, it has problems. The technology isn't very good, and it, uh, it's a culture of sleaze, rug pulls, NFTs, and Ponzi's. Okay, so they're throwing out every, every, every trick in the book, every excuse in the book why it's bad. It's, it's not very good. So as a technologist, that's, that's how they describe it, not very good. Um, of course, we hear other things, right? Uh, Bitcoin's going to boil the ocean. Uh, Bitcoin uses more energy than a small country. Um, Bitcoin is going to uh, destroy the climate, right? Uh, Bitcoin, at its, at its current rate, will take all the energy of the entire world. You hear all kinds of things like this. Um, one of the things that we've heard from Christine Lagarde from the IMF, she says that um, it will, it, it's a threat to our financial stability, supposedly. 
um, which I guess it is because it is uh, disrupting that industry. That's what that's what new technologies do. New technologies disrupt old technologies. It's something called creative destruction. When you create something new, it destroys the old way. Digital cameras destroyed the need for film cameras. Now, that was really bad. If you were Kodak, you were around for over 100 years and now you're out of business. It was really bad for Kodak, but it was really good for all of us. It was bad for photographers because in, when you had film, it really took skill. It really took a lot to be a good photographer. Today, you have digital cameras and they're way easier. So it was bad for some people, but it was net gain for other people. So that's what, that's what new technologies do. And so Bitcoin is disrupting uh, the existing financial system. So to Christine Lagarde from the IMF's point, or I'm sorry, she's previous IMF, now she's with the ECB. Uh, but to her point, it is disrupting the financial system, financial stability, as it disrupts that. But that's a good thing. It wouldn't be disrupting if it, disrupting it if it was worse. People wouldn't have gone to digital cameras instead of film cameras if they were worse. They went because they were better. Now, typically a new idea needs to be, you know, not a 1% to 5%, not even a 10% increase in 10% better. It needs to be like 100, it needs to be a thousand times better. And digital cameras, of course, were. And Bitcoin's a thousand times better. Now, they can talk about these things. They can talk about how it's going to boil the oceans, use all the energy of the world. They can talk about one of their favorite things is they like to talk about it's used for illicit activities. It's, on, it's only used uh, by, by drug dealers and criminals. That's it. Okay, so a couple things on that. So first of all, I would say, okay, well, that kind of proves the use case a little bit. So there's a lot of use cases to Bitcoin. Uh, one of them is that they're permissionless, so you don't need to fill out an application to use it. Anyone could use it. It's permissionless. But the other thing is that it's censorship resistant. Nobody can seize my money and nobody can stop or block a transaction. Now, uh, that's great for criminals because they don't want their money seized and they don't want someone to stop or block a transaction. That's great for criminals. So by saying that, you're just kind of proving the use case. But there's other reasons why you'd want to do that maybe aren't criminal. So, for example, if you live in Afghanistan when the United States just bailed on you and now the Taliban's trying to seize your money, wouldn't you like to have money that couldn't be seized by the Taliban? And if I wanted to send somebody money from the United States to Afghanistan to help them out because they're starving to death and I wanted to send them money, wouldn't I want to be able to get the money that couldn't be seized? So one man's a criminal, another man is saving his life. It's a tool, right? Tools can be used for good and bad. A screwdriver in the right hands could, you know, fix a car. In the wrong hands, they could do some serious harm to somebody. And so it's a tool. Uh, but how much of this tool is really being used to harm people? That's the question because they love to throw this stat out. Now, there's a company called Chainalysis. And what Chainalysis does is they uh, have this software, you know, artificial intelligence, and they look at all the on-chain data. So one of the things with Bitcoin is an open source network. And so we can see all the on-chain data. We can see when Bitcoin moves, or, you know, crypto moves from one wallet to the next. And then through AI, they kind of put all these wallets together and they can kind of monitor all this. It's not perfect, but it, but it works okay. And uh, so they, they monitor this and they've been measuring Bitcoin's illegal activity. And... Uh, what they've said, now uh, they just put out this new report, which I have the report, and uh, a lot of people are going to try to twist this around because the illegal activity with Bitcoin has gone up. Sounds really bad, right? I could write that headline. Uh, Bitcoin's use of illicit activity goes higher. More people are using Bitcoin for illicit activity than ever before. We could write the headlines that way because that's somewhat true, factually true, but it's misleading.
As a matter of fact, if I read this here, <clears throat> it says illegal activity and cybercrime are a shrinking part of the crypto economy, according to research from blockchain anal analytics firm Chainalysis. <clears throat> the percentage of illegal activity fell to just 0.1.5% of the total transaction volume in 2021, even as the total value rose to a new high. So the amount of activity that was used for illicit activities actually did rise to a new high. But as a percentage of all activity, it actually dropped to a new low. Does that make sense? So if uh, if if there was only one use case of Bitcoin, only only one transaction ever, and it was used for something illicit, then 100% of the transactions were used, right? So it's a very small sample size. So what we're seeing is that more volumes being used, more transactions are being done. Um, so of course, the percentage, or I'm sorry, the number of illegal transactions would also go up. However, as a as a whole, the percentage has actually gone down. And I think that's a big important part. And so now you know, when they start trying to twist this around, you have to look through this because I could easily write this headline to tell you whatever story I want. But the fact is, the amount of legal activity is an increasingly smaller part of the crypto, crypto economy. Although the popularity of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies increased sharply in 2021, the proportion of transactions to address related to illegal, illegal activity increased significantly. All right, so it's going down. Now, that's, uh, that's Bitcoin. They want to tell you that it's only used to do wrong, that it's only used by criminals, um, etc. Now do fiat. <laughs> what about the banking system, right? So the banking system is heavily regulated, obviously, they can control that. And the banking system, they have something called AML, that's anti money laundering, they have something called KYC, know your customer. And so banks have to adhere to these AML anti money laundering um, regulations. There's a lot of things they do. So like if you go to the bank and try to withdraw, you know, more than $10,000, you have to fill out forms. That's a SARS report, suspicious activity report. Well, there's lots of things they have to do. Well, if we look at that, we can see that uh, financial institutions that lack compliance and due diligence were already fined a staggering $2.7 billion in 2021, according to an AML fines 2021 report. Who are some of these big people that paid out big fines? Well, Capital One. Capital One paid out almost $400 million in fines because the U.S. Department of Treasury's FinCEN, Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, um, carried out actions against them for violating the Bank Secrecy Act. Check cashiers failed to report suspicious activity despite knowing of criminal charges against specific customers, including organized crime syndicate. Hmm. So they paid out almost $400 million in fines for helping what they already knew was an organized crime syndicate. But it's all Bitcoin that's bad, right? Or Deutsche Bank, $130 million. They entered into a three-year deferred prosecution agreement with the U.S. Attorney's Office, fined $130 million for violations, um, involved in commodities fraud scheme. The scheme to conceal bribes and manipulate commodities trading involving publicly traded precious metals included senior executives who knowingly and willingly conspired in falsifying payments to the balance books. So the banking system is complicit. They know what they're doing. Bitcoin is just a protocol. Nobody knows. It's a tool. 
right? These are banks that are actively helping people. It's insane. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, talking about how Bitcoin is changing the world and how they're throwing a lot of FUD at it like uh, it's used for illicit activities, but it's really the banks. I'll be back with that and more in a minute, so do not go away. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulges your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. All right, welcome back. You are listening to... The Mark Moss Show, talking about the decentralized revolution. Of course, we're talking about Bitcoin, and we're looking at politics, finance, and technology to see as the world is changing right before our very eyes. And of course, this is a it's a transition, and it's not a smooth transition as we go from the centrally planned economies to a more free, fair, liberty-focused, freedom-loving, decentralized world. <laughs> the old system doesn't want to give up power, and of course, it's fighting a new system. And so we see this all over the place. Uh, we are talking about how um, they're trying to say that uh, Bitcoin is used for illicit transactions, but really it's the banking system that's used for illicit transactions, knowingly and willingly um, enabling organized crime and fraud. And these banks have paid out big fines. As a matter of fact, Bank of America has paid out seven since, – since the great financial crash, Bank of America has paid out $76 billion, the, the B, $76 billion in fines. 
$76 billion. Uh, JP Morgan's $43 billion in fines. I mean, that's just insane. Now, actually, this is an old article, so it's probably paid out even way more since then. But it goes even deeper than this. There's an article that just broke this week. Bitcoin Bank Custodia sues the Federal Reserve, the Central Bank of the United States. They sue the Federal Reserve, demanding decision on a master account. So all the banks of the world have to have a charter with the Federal Reserve. So I was at a conference um, in the beginning of this year, in January, and I was on a panel with um, one of the leading, Professor Richard Werner, one of the leading uh, voices uh, talking about central banks. And he was saying how there's a big problem of all the centralization of banks, and what we need is we need to keep the banks decentralized, which, of course, I agree with. And I said, great, you know, um, so how do we achieve that? I asked him that question. And he said, well, easy, just more people need to go open up banks. <laughs> If only it was that easy. And this is a story to tell you that it's not that easy because you have to get permission from the Federal Reserve to open a bank. And that's exactly what's happening. So we see Bitcoin Bank Custodia today sued the Federal Reserve Board of Governors and the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City charging they have unlawfully broken the law. They're saying they broke the law. Unlawfully delayed for 19 months acting on its application for a master account with the Federal Reserve. So the bank has filed all the paperwork, they've done everything proper, and uh, they're supposed to get a response from the Federal Reserve about their application for this master account to have a bank. And they're charging that they've been unlawfully delayed for 19 months. The bank, Custodia, is chartered in Wyoming under a crypto-friendly statute passed in 2019 allowing for, quote, special purpose depository institutions. And they say the master account would reduce its costs and it's vital to its core mission of providing a bridge between digital assets and the U.S. dollar. Now, according to the suit, the Federal Reserve has a legal obligation to act within a year and states on its own paperwork that it ordinarily takes just five to seven days to act on a master account application. So they, it says in their own words, it typically takes a couple of days. But legally, they have an obligation to act within a year, but they've been sitting on this for over 19 months. It's a big problem. So uh, this old system does not want to go willingly, and they're going to continue to throw up roadblocks every chance they get. But of course, Custodia is not going to sit back and take this. So they filed a lawsuit. They alleged that the Kansas City's Fed processing of its application was moving along until spring of 2021 when the main Federal Reserve got involved. Hmm. So the Kansas City Fed was actually processing it. Things were going along good. But then the main Federal Reserve got involved and then something happened. What was that? Well, the, see the suit seeks to force the Federal Reserve and the Kansas City branch to act on its application and ultimately to approve it. Should Custodia win, which I'm rooting for them. I think you are too, right? We're all rooting for them against uh, the small guy, against the big guy of the United States. We love the, we love the underdog. We love the David and Goliath story here. And ultimately, we want to stick it to the central banks. Uh, should Custodia win its suit or otherwise be granted a master account, it would be the first Bitcoin bank to gain one. Custodia Bank was founded by Morgan Stanley veteran Caitlin, um, Caitlin Long in 2020 under the name Avante Financial Group. Um, and uh, she is a beast. She came onto the Bitcoin scene. She's you know been in the financial space for a really long time. Really started talking about something that really brought it front and center, at least to me and a lot of other people, which was something called rehypothecation. It's something that these financial institutions do. And so what is rehypothecation? So what does that mean is that 
uh, let me let me let me make it simple. If I had a if I had a if I had a candy bar, and I gave it to this person, now he would give me an IOU that he owed me that candy bar. So he's got one candy bar. I have an IOU that I'm owed a candy bar. But let's say that now he gives that candy bar to person number two, and gets an IOU. So now there's still one candy bar. But now one person has a candy bar, and then there's an IOU for person one, and I have an IOU. So now there's basically three candy bars, but really only one candy bar. And then person number two gives it to person number three, and then gives it to person number four, person number five, person number six. So now person number six has the candy bar, and five, four, three, two, one, and myself only have an IOU. That means there's seven candy bars in the system, but there's only one physical candy bar. Now, what's the problem with that? Well, all of us think we're wealthy. All of us think we have a candy bar. The reality is there's only one candy bar. Now, what happens if person number six eats that candy bar? Well, now seven candy bars disappear. Seven candy bars are gone because one person ate a candy bar. That's rehypothecation. That's a big problem. It sounds like a problem, doesn't it? That's what they do with your financial assets. And so you put your money in the bank and then they loan, they give it to someone else or your stock in your account. You don't own that stock. What you have is an IOU. And then that's rehypothecated to the next person, to the next person, the next person, the next person. And so these assets grow exponentially through this debt process. The problem is the system gets over levered. So we don't really know exactly. It's, it's a uh, rumored to have about somewhere between three to maybe up to 500 paper ounces of gold claims on an ounce of gold for every one real physical ounce. So a lot of people, maybe 500 people or 499 think they own an ounce of gold, but they don't because there's really only one. That's a big problem. So that's rehypothecation. She, she kind of uh, had really brought that front and center to me and it's a big problem in the system. Custodia's 44-page suit lists eight claims for relief. So there's eight different ways that they would like to have relief here um, or ways the Fed could potentially resolve the case. The first claim raises a broader issue regarding the functioning of the individual Federal Reserve banks and whether they are subject to rules for federal agencies. So um, what I love about this is it's taking it to the entire Federal Reserve banking system and changing the way it works uh, everybody's watching to see what's going to happen. Of course, the Kansas City branch of the Federal Reserve declined to comment. They don't even want to know anything about it. Um, and they just don't really want to get involved. But uh, kudos to Caitlin for taking this to taking this fight to them. I wouldn't want to be on the other side of it. And now this is coming from Wyoming, which is interesting because at the same time, we saw Senator Cynthia Loomis um, from Wyoming submit a bill just this week into the Senate for more clarity on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, which was pretty cool. So she introduced this bill um, that basically would put some things into law um, that would prohibit the government from, from encroaching on this. One of them would be to repeal some of the taxes that are levied against it. So she had a, a bill that would um, take away capital gains tax up to $200, and that'd really help us get to a point where we could spend Bitcoin more as a medium of exchange without having to pay tax and everything. So if you want to use it to get a cup of coffee, uh, I think I talked about last week, you can go to Chipotle now and you could spend your Bitcoin, but you don't want to do that because it's a taxable event. But if they could get reduced below $200 threshold, you can go to Chipotle, you can buy your coffee, you can buy a burger, things like that. Um, and so... We'll see. Wyoming is kind of at the forefront of this freedom movement, freedom to transact. Without the freedom to transact, 
there is no freedom at all. And so they're pioneering this uh, ability to transact with uh, whatever currency we want and to store our wealth in whatever they want at the same time. So let's go, Caitlin, and let's go, uh, Cynthia Loomis and Wyoming with that. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, talking about the way the world uh, is seeing the pendulum shift from centralization to decentralization. Of course, we're talking about Bitcoin, and we're looking at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. Hopefully, you uh, got some value out of these uh, breaking news stories. That's what I got for you today. Thanks for listening. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.